28 years ago, Lancaster County native Bruce Martin moved back to Pennsylvania after living for some years in Germany with his young family. He was looking for work, and he took a job with S. Clyde Weaver, a specialty cheese and smoked meats deli. After quickly learning the ropes, Bruce joined the Weaver's team at the Farmer's Market Stand in Wayne and has been there ever since. Bruce is now Weaver's specialty cheese buyer and the co-manager for the Wayne Farmer's Market Stand, where he has been bringing delicious cheese and charcuterie to the Mainline community. I'm Emily Bruner, host of Mainline Makers, and today I talk with Bruce about all of the delicious details in cheese buying and what it's been like to build relationships with his customers. Bruce, thank you so much for talking with me today. Ah, My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. So how did you find yourself first getting a job at S. Clyde Weaver? Was that your um, your first job ever? No, it was not my first job ever. I've actually worked at quite a few uh, jobs in my life. But uh, prior to working at S. Clyde Weaver, um, as of course, you know, my wife is German and uh, we lived there in the beginning of our uh, marriage. Both of our children were born there. But it came the time that we decided to move back to the U.S. And uh, I, uh, through acquaintances, I was told that there was a job available at Weaver's. I like food. It felt like a good place to be. And yeah, that's where I am. What was your first position there? Um, In the very first months that I worked there, uh, the company that I worked for, S. Clyde Weaver, uh, had a policy of having me move around to different locations. Uh, Weaver's has a main store here in Lancaster in the town of East Petersburg, but they also have about eight other markets. And so I went to various markets just to see how different markets were. And then uh, ended up with with the position at uh, at Wayne. When you were trying out different things, did you get some sort of like input on where you wanted to end up? It was pretty well a given that there was a position needed at Wayne. I knew that I would be coming to the Wayne market uh, at at some point in the future. Uh, so yeah, I knew that that was in the cards. So you've been working at the Wayne market from nearly the very beginning. Uh, yes, that would have been, let me see, we moved here in uh, 92. So yeah, since then. Did it, uh, did it feel like the right place for you from the beginning? It did. Um, and again, because we had just moved back from Germany, one thing that helped me to fit in, I think has always helped me, is that uh, the main line has a, a really an international flavor to it in many ways because particularly then there were more companies, uh, particularly like pharmaceutical companies um, from other countries. And so we had and still have uh, a certain percentage of Europeans who uh, come to the market. And yeah, that, that kind of felt comfortable to combine uh, the things that, that I knew from, from Germany, like I say, having just moved here and yeah, things from here. Do you, do you ever get to speak German when you're working at the market? Are you fluent in, are you fluent in German? Yes. Um, when we moved here, it was important for us to keep the language, the German language for our children. And so that was a language we used at home. Um, 
And so, yes, there are customers that come into the market and that has continued even till today. And, you know, some of the customers obviously are no longer living, um, uh, and, but there are still German companies in the area. Uh, and so I do have some uh, Germans of, you know, my age group or younger who uh, come in and with whom then I have the chance to speak German. So it it sounds like you you've probably seen families grow up through through your time working there. We're, we're the same family that that may have you know been coming in twenty years ago. They're still coming in, but they're very different now. What's that been like? Uh, that's one of the uh, fulfilling, enriching experiences of working at the market because uh, market there's really a lot of relationships built. So yes, indeed, I see families you know where. Uh, grandma comes in and I can say, oh, yeah, I just saw your son or your grandchild, you know, uh, your grandchild is really getting big and it's really cool to see that. Um, I also have, for instance, there's one family that uh, the grandma was Dutch and I remember you always enjoyed interacting with her. She's no longer living. Uh, her granddaughter then got a job working for us and still comes in and works for us. And actually, she still calls me uncle uh, because Aww. that was the tradition that her grandma uh, building on the Dutch tradition of anybody that's a close family friend, you called them uncle or aunt. And so that's a, that's a really cool experience. I feel like shopping at the farmer's market, um, it's so, it's so much more fun and rewarding. Like it, it feels like, um, like a special trip or a special experience. It's so much better than going to the big box grocery store. Why do you think that is? A lot of it, I think, does have to do with the relationships that people build because each stand is individually owned and operated. Uh, one, I strongly believe that I, I believe in small business and, and uh, helping to, to keep the money and the business in your community. So because you have multiple small business owners, you really build relationships with those business owners. I think the market also represents community. Um, in many ways, one of my memories is following 9-11. I remember one, uh, that Saturday, uh, following everything, we were so busy and a customer said, you know, I just stopped off at one of the big grocery stores and they're empty. Everybody's here. I think they want to be with their neighbors and friends. Um, so I think that's part of it. Yeah, there's definitely something, um, welcoming and, and cozy and familiar about it. It's uh, it's a really fun, fun experience. And, you know, we all have to eat. We, we have to eat food to stay alive. So to be able to have a place to go uh, that can can be such a important, um, you know, part of our just emotional well-being is, is really great. Another thing that I think is interesting about a market is there is no central cash register that where you pay to leave. Now, that can be a challenge for people who are not familiar with the concept of farmer's market. But I think there's something freeing about that when you come into the building that you don't feel like you've got to go past the watchman or the doorkeeper who is the cash, you know, the cash register. Uh, you go to each individual stands, you take your purchases and you leave again. Uh, so there's a certain sense of once you get used to it, there's a certain sense of freedom to that. Oh, that's that's really interesting. I think kind of along those lines too. It's when you go there, um, it feels like a, a little bit like a treasure hunt because of all mm. the, the different stands, and you you know you you know there's going to be different things there and things that you weren't expecting, and that that's really exciting. 
And that's also the thing that I think because each stand is individually owned and operated, each stand holder concentrates on their specialty, which means, of course, you have new things. Uh, everybody, I think, tries to be innovative and, and uh, better what they have. Uh, for instance, for, uh, for us and particularly what I do with specialty cheese and, and charcuterie, you're always on the lookout a little bit, you know, what what are our customers looking for? What are they no longer looking for? And uh, yeah, it's kind of a treasure hunt there as well. Right. So do you do you taste test everything before you decide to offer it um, at the stand? No, I do not. Um, and within the business, there's I usually go to the there's one great big food show in New York City every year. Uh, fancy food show for and when you go there you have a chance to taste a lot of the different cheeses uh, the suppliers with whom we work will have their people there and you get a chance to um, interact with them and taste their product so sometimes there is the possibility for that but that's one day out of the year so the rest of the time certainly by now I've have a feel for what I think our customers would be interested in and what works where we are and uh, I know a little bit genres that that uh, would work for us and so get it in blind but then we test it and I try to make sure that the people who work at our stand also have a chance as much as possible to test and try different things uh, because that's the only way they're going to know what they like and can therefore best uh, work with with our customers. How do you know ahead of time uh, what what your customers would like? How do you kind of predict that? How do you pick something new that your customers haven't tried before? Um, how do you have confidence that it's something they might like? Well, first off, I, I try listening to the customers. Um, and the one, the one of the uh, co-owners at the time that I started working, he would always let me know. I would, well, I would listen to him, and he would ask people, "What are you looking for? What are you interested in?" Um, and particularly when I have someone who just started coming to the market, I will ask that question to them. You know, what are you interested in to get an idea of what people like. Um, and obviously, then we also see what uh, what styles of cheese people are buying and what works. So it really is a reflection of, I think, of what the customer likes. Obviously, my personal preference might come in there a little bit, but for <laughs> the most part, it's really just uh, listening to the customers and and seeing what direct what they're asking for. Are there trends with cheese for for what's popular at the time that that come and go? Yes, and some of that is some of that's generational. I feel like we're we're in the process of moving to a next generation at the moment. So certain things that were very generational, I feel that we're selling less of. Still sell sell decent amounts, and then it's always just a constant uh, trial and error to see a little bit more what what people are looking for now. Do you have a personal favorite uh, cheese that you sell? Well, that one's a tough question because, um, yeah, I like so many different kinds of cheeses. <laughs> and there's uh, so many options, right? I mean, how many different options do you have? Oh, I don't know. All I can say is that one time we had a customer came in who wanted a new cheese every week. He kept a log of all the cheeses that he had 
by the time he moved away, he had like 150 different kinds of cheeses in his log that he kept. And he did not like any blues and he did not like any cheddars. (laughs) So he was very consistent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, those he didn't like. So there was 150 without all those other ones. So did he never try the blue cheese or the cheddars? No, he didn't like them. He knew ahead he didn't like them and he he, he didn't try them. All right. right. So that gives an idea of how many we have there. <laughs> yes. So if you can't pick like a top favorite, what are a few that you have right now that stand out to you? Well, when I have a cheese board at home, and one of the cheeses that there's a couple that I always bring or usually bring kind of as a mainstay. One of them is the fromage d'affinois, which is a brie variety. Uh, but develops, ripens a little bit differently than the regular brie. So it almost always has a really smooth consistency. And when I say almost always, one of the things that we try to be are the, to be very intentional about is to make sure that cheeses, particularly ripened brie-like cheeses, um, are ripened instead of having them too firm. So there, to, particularly with breathes, there's a whole process of bringing it out, having it room temperature for a period of time and, and getting it to ripen. But the fromage d'affinois is usually a, a really nice uh, ripened brie variety that's popular. saint Aguirre is a soft, creamy blue. That's one that I tend to bring home often when we have uh, friends or um, over. Uh, I've developed an affinity for sheep's milk cheese, um, mm-hmm. there's something about it. There's a richness there. Uh, the sheep's milk, uh, sheep's milk itself is a higher fat content, just a little different chemical makeup. Um, and there's something just really satisfying about it. When you were talking about ripening the brie, is that something that, that you, you, that the cheesemaker does something that you do or something that the, the person at home needs to do with to the brie before they eat it? Uh, the person, that's something that we have control over or the cheesemaker or the supplier. So the cheesemaker would, would sell it at a certain point of time, depending on the cheese, you know, it would be at uh, different uh, um, stages of, of being ripe. Um, and then there's the unknown as far as how long it's taken to get from point A to point B, that is from the cheesemaker to us and what it's been exposed to. But when it comes to us, then particularly if it is on the younger side, the breeze, like I say, we bring them out um, and then push them back into the cold every week or every day at the end of the market day. Uh, But the reason being to allow them to ripen so that they do have the softer, uh, more ripe consistency when we sell them. We try to uh, be very intentional about each piece that, that it's at this stage of ripeness that we want it. Um, of course, dealing with the unknown as far as, you know, what's it like when we get it. Mm-hmm. But once, once we've cut into it, that stops the ripening process. So when a customer takes it home, the only thing that they would do is to pre- make sure they bring it out maybe a half an hour before they eat it to bring it to room temperature. So if you if cutting into it stops the ripening process, how do you decide when it's ready? Is that sort of an art? Um. I guess so. You just do it now. <laughs> if you take a whole brie, uh, you can feel it. Um, if it's started to get soft or if it's too soft. Um, and if you peel the, the paper that's, that's protecting it away a little bit, you can also see what the rind is looking like. 
Uh, if it starts to discolor, then then you want to work through it as quickly as possible. Um, and if it's too just white and too firm, you know it, it needs more time. Okay, that's really interesting. So it, it to me that sounds a little bit like when you're cooking a steak. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you think makes cheese so good? I I love cheese, and I was saying to my husband the other night, I'm like, I think cheese is the perfect food because it's <laughs> it's so delicious. I mean, it's so good, and there's so much variety in it. What is it about cheese that's so good? It, I mean, there there is certainly something about that that texture and and yeah, the the milk coming together and that that it just makes it very satisfying. Um, part of the thing that I think makes cheese interesting, you had mentioned just the varieties uh, of cheese, is just how much is out there. And particularly, I mean, Europe is the place that we know of the most for cheese. There are cheeses from other places. But within the European cheeses, then it is so combined with, with the same as with wine, with the terroir, uh, with the, the land, the weather, uh, yeah, the, the uh, breed of animals that were used, uh, even where they graze uh, when you get down to it. It's just there's so many things. And for me, it's also a representation of place um, for cheese, particularly specialty cheese. Very interesting. So could you kind of identify a cheese, um, like where, where it comes from based on how it looks or tastes? Um, actually, uh, uh, there are whole, if you really want to be a, a cheesemonger, there, there's a test that you need to take. I've not done that, but, but certainly you can identify a lot of things about the cheese from where it would come from or what style of cheese, uh, by how it's made, um, there are, you know, the Swiss have a very different style of making cheese than than the um, the, the French, and it, even within France, I mean, that's one beautiful thing about cheese. It predates the modern state, the modern countries, and so region is very important. Um, so, yeah, you can tell a lot about the cheese just or what region it comes from by the style it is. Wow, there's there's like a whole world to explore there. <laughs> Yeah, there is. And that's part of what makes it interesting. And the same thing happens with with other things that that uh, like wine, wine is the same thing. Uh, think of it. Coffee beans are the same thing. Uh, they're they're very indicative of, of where they come from. We live in such a great world. We're so lucky to, to have this planet that that creates all these wonderful things for us. Um, so, Bruce, did you grow up in Lancaster County? I did. I, I, in fact, we still live on uh, the farm where I grew up. It's been in our family since the mid to late 1800s. Oh, wow. Now, I feel like Lancaster County and the main line are each very different from, from one another, but they, they each have like really distinct reputations, um, you know, for what they're like. And for you, having grown up in Lancaster County and having worked in the main line for so long, what similarities do you see between the two areas? That's an interesting question. Um, I, the one similarity I would see between the two areas is a strong sense of family. <laughs> I am always a little bit surprised given that the main line, which at least for me is, is, you know, the greater Philadelphia area, mm -hmm. uh, that 
but but that family and so many is so important and so many generations of family tend to live close to each other uh, and, and so when holidays happen uh there there's a lot of different generations of family that get together um and that's something that holds true in both Lancaster and and Philadelphia or, or the main line um and the other thing is that it's interesting that the two have always really been connected um, because Lancaster has, from the time of the Conestoga wagon, um, has been the one to, to bring a lot of produce and, and supply greater Philadelphia, uh, with food. And so there's, there's kind of a symbiotic relationship there somehow. Right. With, with all the time that, that you've been working here in the main line, what have you seen change in the community? Um, one thing that one thing that I've seen change I th- is is just the businesses that are there. Um, when I think back, there was more I, like I say some of the pharmaceutical industries that aren't there. I was thinking particularly of of like TV Guide um, that's that's no longer there, I, and so we've changed. It's changed a little bit who the employers are. So obviously that means who lives in in the area and who comes shopping. Uh, the other thing is, as things have become more developed, um, I see less of um, some of the older families that have been there forever, um, and and uh, just a, a, a larger mix of of who the people are that that come to market. Another big thing has been certainly within the food industry. When I first started working there, there were not the only other big box store around was Acme. Okay. And then Gennardi's opened up, and then you know Whole Foods came in, and then Wegmans came in. Um, so there, there's a whole different sense of the food scene now than than used to be. Has that changed um, how businesses at the farmers market at all? I feel like whenever I, I go there, that it's pretty busy and, and vibrant and thriving. Um, do you feel like having additional big grocery stores has changed business for the farmer's market? And also, how has the pandemic changed business for the farmer's market? I think that the stores, uh, the, the bigger chains uh, have changed it. Um, but I mean, it, competition and competition is good. It helps us all to, to stay at the top of our game. Um, I do find it interesting that, that both uh, stores like Wegmans and Whole Foods, in fact, try to duplicate a bit of a market feel. Yes. Uh, in how they certainly Wegmans uh, does that. That's part of what they do, uh, duplicate a market feel. So in that sense, we still are the original. Um, and how has things changed, and particularly with the pandemic? The pandemic is actually for the Wayne Farmers Market brought in a lot of customers. Um, in the days following the lockdown, we were super, super busy um, because all of a sudden people had to get everything they needed for lunches. Everybody was home. Oh, right. So not only were the children home from school, not going to school, many parents were working from home, which meant they weren't going out for lunch. Um, and indeed, as the pandemic, uh, as things progressed, and New York City was being hit so hard, there was X amount of people that uh, their ch- uh, grown children 
moved back to, to uh, the Philadelphia area to, to get away from, from Manhattan. And of course, colleges were closed too. So all of a sudden you had all these people that were eating from home and needed ingredients. Um, and a lot of them came to the farmer's market. And I think a lot of that does go back to, to relationships, sense of community, uh, that, that they felt comfortable there. Now the challenge is to continue to make people feel comfortable while still providing uh, safety measures of uh, trying to keep distancing as much as possible and, uh, of course, being safe with, with masks and, and food handling. Has it been going pretty good, do you think, in that regard? Yes. Uh, the majority, by far the majority of our customers uh, want to do the right thing and, and uh, it's important to them. Uh, we've been trying to offer, we've been offering curbside uh, uh, service so that for people who are at risk, uh, we bring the bags out to them. It can be a little more complicated in the market because you have to get in touch with each stand holder. Um, but it does allow people to, to stay outside and, and not come in. Uh, but yeah, uh, the customers have, have really worked hard also at, at trying to make it happen with minimal uh, problems. So if, if there's somebody listening who's never been to the farmer's market, um, where can they find you and, and your stand and, and, um, and when, too? Because I know the farmer's market is not open every day. Correct. Uh, yes, the farmer's market, uh, the Lancaster County Farmer's Market is open from 6 until 4, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, there is a website for, for the Lancaster County Farmer's Market, which lists then links and descriptions of all of the different stands that are there. Um, I work for S. Clyde Weaver within the farmer's market. Uh, as I, we talked about, we sell specialty cheese and charcuterie. Uh, we also uh, sell lunch meat and then very traditional Lancaster County items like our hams and sausage, scrapple, bacon. Um, and S. Clyde Weaver also has a website uh, and you can click on uh, the specifically for the Wayne Market website, particularly for using things like curbside service. Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time on your, your day off, because you're not at the market right now. Thank you for, for taking the time to talk with me. Um, I had a lot of fun learning more about cheese, and now I'm looking forward to my next trip to the <laughs> farmer's market. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you there again. I'm ready to start planning my next trip to the farmer's market. My family always loves seeing and eating everything that I bring back home every time I go. If you'd like to find out more about S. Clyde Weaver, the farmer's market in Wayne, or get in touch with Bruce, I'll be leaving links to their websites in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more great stories about all the great people creating wonderful things here throughout the main line, please subscribe to the Mainline Makers podcast and leave us a review.